Now, it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Raven Magwood, an incredible young woman who's already accomplished so much in her young life, and with that is an inspiration to all of us. Age doesn't really need to be a factor, but Raven had begun at a young age to be disciplined and have a clear focus on where she was going. That certainly did open up doors, and the wonderful thing is that Raven realized that for it to really have meaning, she needed to share her practices with the world. So, we are fortunate to have Raven Magwood join us and discuss life, goals, and her new book, The Seven Practices of Prosperous Women. Raven Magwood, good morning. It is so wonderful to have you join us this morning. Good morning, Kate. Thank you for having me. It is such a pleasure, and I am just so thrilled that we have this opportunity to connect. I am just excited to be able to share you, your work, who you are uh, with our audience here in the Puget Sound in the northwest of the country. And you are an inspiration as a woman, number one. Your age, though, is also something that I find is so incredible in in being a motivator uh, because you started at a young age, but you're here in your 20s and you're accomplishing all these really grand kinds of things that you set out for yourself to do, but you're wanting uh, to do this to share with others of us, other women, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And you got started at a young age. Now, you're a gymnast. Do you feel, do you know, what is your understanding of how you have become such a motivator? It really, to be honest, started on complete accident. (laughs) Um, When I was 12 is when I published my first book. And at that point in time, I had become a national gymnastics champion I had skipped two grades, and someone just told me to write it down, write down how I felt, write down the process of those successes. And in the midst of writing that down, I realized that I could also help people by showing them, okay, yes, I was this national gymnastics champion. I did skip these grades, but I'm also dealing with a knee disease that caused me chronic pain every single day. I also had surgeries. I also had people in my life who were negative towards me. So that turned into my first book, On to Victory, which turned into being invited to my first speech, which was actually for Stedman Graham at 12 years old. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed into more motivational speeches. And now I just published my fourth book. Your fourth book, which is so incredible. (laughs) But I guess when one starts at age 12, uh, essentially the sky could be the limit, right? (laughs) As to numbers of (laughs) books. That, well... Congratulations, although I'm sure you've experienced all of that sort of thing already from many people around you, and including yourself, because it's important, really, in terms of uh, accomplishment to recognize that and to congratulate ourselves on our steps of accomplishment. Yes. Right? No, that's very important. It really is, because sometimes we beat up on ourselves the most, and we're our own worst critics. So it is very important to look in the mirror every now and then and say, I'm proud of you, and you're doing a great job. So, yes, I, I strongly believe in that. So as strong as an inspirational leader as you are, Raven, do you sometimes, though, have those moments where you have to give yourself that pep talk and remind yourself and congratulate yourself? 
Of course. No, it happens all the time because even though I am a motivational speaker, I am human. (laughs) I'm a person. And there are situations that do try to get me down. There are times when I'm facing a lot of adversity and I don't know which way to go. And so, yes, I do have to give myself pep talks. I have to read my Bible. I have to do things that will inspire me, listen to other motivational speakers. So, yes, um, I try to be positive each and every day, but I am human. So there are things in life that do try to get me down. But I also believe that life isn't all about what happens to us. It's how we respond to it. So I do try my very best every day to respond in the best of my ability. Oh, I just love that particular attitude and and that quote about how life is is not what is dished out to us, but how we respond to it. And obviously, uh, well, with speaking about having a problem knee, being a gymnast, obviously this was one of those things that would have been uh, so easy to say, oh, well, I have this injury or I have this problem. I may as well, you know, not go down that path. Yes, exactly. And with that, I wanted to do gymnastics so bad. I had a goal set in my head that I wanted to go to the Junior Olympics. I wanted to go to nationals. I wanted to win nationals. Um, So I knew that despite what I was going through, that I could make it through if I spoke with my coach and adjusted my practice schedule a little bit. There were times that I couldn't practice. I just had to sit there and condition and ice. But by adjusting my practice schedule, having a supportive coach, and really having that mindset that I was going to keep moving forward no matter what, that's what allowed me to move through that hard season of my life and still become that national gymnastics champion. And you also, in your, I'm going to still call it this short life thus far, have also been a gymnastics coach, and no doubt you've done that same kind of inspiration for other young women, for other young girls. Exactly, yes. I actually currently coach at a gym called Sparkle City Gymnastics, um, and my mother and I actually own the gym. So it's been a great experience to see it from the other side. Um, Formerly, I was a gymnast, now I'm a coach, and I get to mentor these young girls and see what their thought process is in performing these skills, and it's just been a really rewarding experience. Which is an incredible story all in its own, but it's just one part of all that's been going on in your life. Yet, um, this is probably, since you're mentioning the gym that you and your mother co-own, which I think is just also another wonderful experience, mom and daughter doing this together, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. It's been a lot of fun. Yet it has its story, too, how it wasn't necessarily your goal to get this opportunity or to do this sort of thing, but it was just how you have approached life, setting goals and how other doors open and, and bring you to places you might not realize you were destined to be. Yes, this is very true. I would have never thought that I would be a gym owner, a gym co-owner. Um, things just fell into place with me doing the best with every opportunity I had been given at the time. It started off really with 
one of my former teammates, she was coaching at the gym and had to leave unexpectedly, and the girls would have been left without a coach. And so she knew that with my schedule, even though I travel and do different things, it's sporadic. You know, I'm not giving a speech every single day. I don't have a book signing every single day. I'm not filming a movie every single day. So I did have time in the afternoons to come into the gym and help the girls. And I told her, okay, for one year, I will commit to this. And it ended up turning into two years um, with me just falling in love, not only with the girls, but with the coaches and just the concept of being that constant mentor for them. So then going into year three, the owner at the time was getting older. I believe he was about 71 at the time. He pulled me aside and said, Raven, the girls have fallen in love with you. I love you. I look at you as a daughter. I think that you were the best person for the job to carry on the gym. And so at that time, just divinely, my mom was selling another business, and she could do a 1031 exchange to get this business. Um, So with her investment, my sweat equity, we um, just changed a few things with the gym and really kept everyone on board, just changed the philosophy a little bit, and we've grown about 400% in the past three years. Um, So it's been an amazing experience. Well, it sounds amazing. It sounds like a great story, and it is a great story, but it's also a true story. And (laughs) and I think, you know... Hearing this, we'll say, oh, well, that's great. Raven was able to do that. Well, yes, because you listened to the direction, to your heart, to those promptings, God promptings within you and did that. That That's your place. But we all, if we are open to it, have those kinds of things waiting for us. Isn't that so? Yes. Yes, I really do think so. I think the problem with a lot of us is that we see opportunities but the opportunities look like work, so we don't go after them in the way that we would if the opportunity was just handed to us on a platter. Um, opportunities do take work. They take focus. Um, it takes determination. A lot of times we can't give up in the opportunities that we have been given. It doesn't mean it's not an opportunity. And so I think in a lot of our lives, there's these things that are right in front of us. There's a door open that we're scared to walk through. I think it might be too much work to walk through. So we just have to be willing and able to walk through those doors with positive mindsets in order to get to our destiny on the other side. What would you say has been this kind of core, that fire within you, to be able to face the hard work and not be put off or frightened off by it? When I was younger, my parents were very big on just telling me how much work it's going to take to be successful. Because I was that child that was like, you know, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be successful. I want to be a national gymnastics champion. I want to be valedictorian. I always had these lofty goals. And my parents said, you can do all of that, but you have to work very hard. There's always going to be someone out there trying to do what you're trying to do. And they may be working harder than you on this particular day. And, you know, I think a lot of parents tell their kids that. And sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. With me, it really stuck. And, you know, when I was younger, of course, it was my parents telling me, never pushing me or forcing me, but just guiding me in that direction. And then as I got older, it just became my own voice inside my head saying, 
Raven, you still have these lofty goals. And just like when you were younger, it took work. It's still going to take work now. And so I just continue that mindset really in everything that I do. I want to give my absolute best. It's become a part of my personality. And then as I'm moving forward, I understand that there's also other people watching me. And that's what helps with that fire inside me when I get the Facebook message or the Instagram direct message from people saying, Raven, I just left your speech and it changed my life. Or Raven, I just watched something on YouTube and I'll never be the same. Or Raven, keep up the great work. I'm watching you. You inspire me. And when I get messages like that and realize how many other people are watching and being inspired, it just gives me that fire to want to do more to further inspire people. And and it's an, just an onward spiral, a spiral that keeps increasing and going upward, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. And so when one thing is accomplished, you know, I, I want to move on to the next thing or try the next thing. It's just like with the book. When I wrote the book, which I never even would have thought I would have published the book, then here came the invite to Stedman Graham's Move Without the Ball Conference to be a keynote speaker. And so that started the motivational speaking. I then hosted an online radio show for a little while while I was in school, and that turned into an actual TV show that was on TV here in my hometown and regionally. And that was amazing, and it opened up my eyes to production, which turned into me finishing a screenplay that was turned into an independent film like I said, just filling in for a coach for a year turned into this amazing business with my mom, this gymnastics facility. So, yes, it's always something else, something new, it's something greater, but it's been an amazing experience. And it's for anyone, you know, as long as you keep working hard and you do the most with what you've been given, you'll be given more. And I'm just a strong believer in that. And that is part of your spiritual beingness, that scripture, the Bible, listening listening to and following God has really been yes. a major piece of this. Yes, it has, because although I do work very, very hard, I do understand that there are things in my life that could not have happened had it not been just for that divine order. You know, the exact person that I needed to meet at that exact time just happened to be behind me, you know, um, just various situations that I just feel like God had his hand on, but I'm also a strong believer, and I say this even when I give church sermons and speeches to youth groups and things of that nature, that faith without works is dead. And so we can't pray for things that we're not willing to put the work behind. So yes, I do have faith that God has his hand on my life and that he put me on this earth to do many great things, but I also believe that I have to put the work behind it and um, you know, just keep doing everything that I need to do every day in order to realize my full potential in his eyes. Oh, so absolutely true. I just love to hear you talk about it from your own experience that always, you know, makes it so much more concrete for us. And then this quote comes into mind about you're saying, you know, we need to put in the hard work. The quote I heard was, God can't move a parked car. Well, I guess God really could. But the idea of, you know, if we don't get in there and do something, you know, it's not just going to magically happen for us. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's a recurring theme that I find not only with youth, but with adults as well. You know, we get the speeches from the baby boomers about the millennials in our generation, but I hear it from all ages about how 
a child and an adult may want something so bad. And then I ask, well, what are you doing to make sure that that dream and that goal is coming true? And they can't tell me or they're telling me all this busy work that they're doing and it's not true work that's going to bring them closer to their goal. It's even a lot of times just being just not being realistic about how you're utilizing your 24 hours in order to reach your goals. You know, I was given a speech at a business conference one time and someone told me they didn't have time to write their business plan. And they were telling me about, you know, where they work at and their kids. And this is why that I can't finish my business plan. And I just decided to ask them what shows they like to watch on TV. And they had a list of probably about six or seven shows that they really, really enjoy. So my next question was, are you caught up with those shows? And she said, oh, oh yeah, of course, yes, I, I'm caught up with the shows. They're my favorite shows. So I'm saying, you know, well, that's about six or seven shows, so that's about six or seven hours a week that you're utilizing on these shows, but you're telling me that you can't finish your business plan. And it was at that moment, it was almost like a light bulb went off, like, wow. It's not that I don't have time. I'm not intentionally making the time for the things that I say are important to me. And if I really wanted this business plan done, I could have it done. And with her just repeating that back to me and letting me know, okay, yeah, you're right. It's it's not the time. It's how I'm utilizing it. It was confirmation. And I, I do that a lot, even with my high schoolers, my middle schoolers. I ask, what are you doing with your 24 hours? How are you utilizing your 24 hours? Because guess what? It doesn't matter what successful person that you look up to, yourself, me, we all have 24-hour days. The difference is some of us utilize those 24 hours more efficiently than others, and that's the difference between those that are super successful and those who aren't. Amen. And and, <laughs> and that, you're right, that applies to us at any age on the whole spectrum, you know, even yeah. if we're octogenarians, you know, there's always something that we really need to be working toward in order to keep growing because the opposite end of it is not very exciting. So growth is where we want to be, right? Exactly, it is. And when I say how hard that you have to work in order to achieve a goal, I do like to always then come and say, but you have to have balance. Because one of the questions I always get, especially from my high schoolers when I speak at schools, is, Raven, that's awesome, and I'm going to work harder, and I'm going to utilize my 24 hours better, but what do you do about fun? Do you just work all the time and you never have fun? And I'm like, no, that's not the case at all. I think it's very important that you take time to yourself, very important that you renew your mind, your body, your spirit. It's very important that you set time aside for play because life is all about balance. If you work hard all the time and never take time to yourself, you're going to burn out. You know, our bodies are like cars. You can't just ride and ride and ride and drive and drive and drive without stopping every now and then putting gas in. And so, yes, I say work hard. You have to work extraordinarily hard to achieve extraordinary results, but still take that time to take time for yourself and renew yourself and have that balance. That is what's very important. Just don't go overboard. And I go back to the car example. If you're at the gas station filling up, once your tank is full, you get back on the road and you drive. You don't keep putting gas in the car and it's full. So just kind of think about that as you're going through your life, that there is that balance between work and play. 
You do have to work very hard, but you also do have to take time to take care of yourself. Again, so very inspiring and motivational, and it's exciting to know the response that you get from youth, from young people. In fact, uh, you've even had the opportunity to uh, speak to youth in juvenile detention, and that's been an inspiration to you. Yes, that was an amazing experience. My first time at a youth prison, um, walking in, I did not know what to expect. You know, I'm someone who was achieving certain things at that point in time, and now I'm walking into a room with youth who are in there for attempted murder and burglary and armed robberies. It was a different experience, and I didn't know would they relate to me. You know, I didn't know what they would think of me. And so I kind of went in with no expectations. But as I was talking to these young people, they were asking me questions about how to be successful. And they were telling me what they wanted to do when they got out of there. And it was at that moment the light bulb went off in my head. And I said, you know what, I should be ashamed of myself for trying to put these kids in a box for being in this juvenile detention center. They want more for their lives. They made mistakes, yes. They may have a long way to go, yes. But at that moment, I realized that we all want to do something great in life. We don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to be mediocre. We don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to go to jail. I want to drop out. I want to be a bad mom. We don't do that. We wake up wanting to accomplish something great, wanting to be great. Now, whether we choose to put the work behind it or not, that's going to be up to us individually. But we do want something greater. And that's what those youth in that first juvenile detention center showed me. And that just really opened my eyes to wanting to speak to more youth in that situation to open their eyes. Because I just really believe that when you know better and you see more, you want more. And that's what I want to be able to provide, not only to youth, but women around the world, men around the world, and anyone with a dream. And there's no holding you back. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely moving forward with with that goal, with that dream for your life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've talked about the fact that you've written these books. Uh, one of the main focuses, and I think we've really touched on a lot of it this morning, uh, is one of the recent books, Seven Practices of Prosperous Women. Of course, yes. this applies to anybody, but very specifically for women, because we can find ourselves uh, bogged down. But also, uh, you know, statistics show that women are not being compensated to the same degree as male counterparts. And, and this really is encouraging us and showing us a way forward. Yes, it is. Um, I would travel around the country, speaking to women, speaking to women's groups, and I would get questions all the time about my positive mentality, about how to achieve success, how do we not give up, what do we do about the people in our lives who don't believe in us, and so that's when I really just wanted to sit down and write this new book, The Seven Practices of Prosperous Women, and with everything that's in the book, it's about really finding what your dreams and goals are and attacking those dreams and goals and not limit yourself at all. Never limit yourself to think a man can do something and you can't do it or you don't deserve the best in life. And so I really just break down these seven practices for women to utilize each and every day in order to become the best versions of themselves. And 
we've already touched on some of it, but you, of course, have it very concretely in the book, these seven practices. And I think the first one, visualizing the end result, is so critical because we can flounder otherwise if we aren't being specific. So talk about that one with us, Raven. Exactly, yes. Visualize the end result. It's first because I'm just a strong believer that you have to know where you're going if you're going to get there. Now, I don't mean that you have to have every single little detail of your life planned out for years because life happens. We have to go on detours and things don't always happen the way that we envision them to begin with. But when I say visualize the end result, you have to ask yourself a few questions. You have to know what direction you want to go in life, what type of person you want to be. If you're still on the market, what kind of spouse am I looking for? What kind of kids do I want to raise? What business do I want to have? What impact do I want to make in my community? Those types of questions lead you into a direction that you want to go. And when you decide on that direction, all of your actions line up in that way. So it's just very important that we visualize the end result because, once again, to go back to an example with cars, I love cars, as you can see, (laughs) but um, when you get in your car, if there's a destination in mind, whether you put it in your GPS or whatever you do, you know the route that you need to take in order to get to that destination. We don't just hop in our cars and go anywhere. Maybe we go for a drive, but in that case, any road will get us there, right? Like there's no end result there. There's no end destination, and that's in life. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. You'll let people get you in trouble. You may um, get distracted very easily. You may go down a wrong path simply because you don't have something to keep you on that right track. So, yes, visualize the end result is the first seven practice, and it's the most important one as far as setting the direction of your life. And within that, which I love, and it was such good reinforcement for me because I can kind of fluff that off, but I know it's important, is write down those goals. Yes, exactly. Because a lot of times we say we want something, but a goal that's not written down is really just a wish. When you write it down, you make it tangible. You make it real. And then when you write it down somewhere that you're going to see every day, you're reminded of what goal you have set for yourself and it just puts a little bit of fire under you when you see it and that's why I do it all the time I write things down and that is so important and yes keep it where we can see it so it's a good reminder so this is the beginning of these seven steps seven practices of prosperous women so we've talked about so much of your life which is so inspiring and i think so incredible for us to really recognize that you know you are here to share your story because you are motivated to let other people know do it it's not just me right it's exactly. all of us exactly And I tell my audiences all the time, your goals are not going to be my goals. Your schedule every day will not mimic my schedule. When I speak in front of people, I'm not saying to be like me. I'm saying to be the best version of yourself. You don't have to have skipped grades or um, been a national champion or anything that may be included in my biography. You just need to be the best version of you. And that's what we were put on this earth to be. We all have potential. Let's live up to it 
let's utilize resources to become the best versions of ourselves. And that's why I'm here. Now, your sister's goals may be different from your mom's goals, may be different from your goals, may be different from my goals. But whatever dreams and goals that are close to your heart that you would like to accomplish, let's do what it takes in order to get there. And let's really just take everything in, utilize all of these resources to be the best versions of ourselves. And added to that is we need to do that because the world needs us. It's like this big puzzle. And if we're not doing our part, the world is less for it. Exactly. I I do believe that. I strongly believe that. And you never know how your actions can help another person, even if it's just a smile on the street. Someone could have been having the worst day ever and you smile at them and it brightens their day. Even with me, like I said, when I get the messages that I impacted someone's life, that is truly the best feeling in the world. You never know who's watching, and you need to continue to do the best that you can for yourself, but also know that you're inspiring other people as well. And we can gift ourselves. And this is a great time, you know, to think in terms of graduations and uh, anniversaries and such. Get a copy of the book and share it with someone who will definitely find that it is such a special gift to receive, right? Yes, I really think that it's an amazing gift. It's been funny because, yes, it's the Seven Practices of Prosperous Women. It's for women. But I've had some men read it as well and reach out to me and say, Raven, that's awesome. I learned a lot. So I just think that if you have your copy, awesome. Get another one. Give a gift as a graduation gift or even just a young woman in your life who's trying to find the way to go. They can, You can pretty much get it anywhere. You can get it from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or my website, ravenmagwood.com. But, you know, I just think that it's a small investment for what you can walk away from. Indeed couldn't really support that any better. And uh, also just thinking with, you know, someone's entry uh, going to college or maybe continuing in college, we don't know how this could just be the right prompting at the right time. Exactly. Exactly. You just never know. Um, One passage, one paragraph, the book itself, even a quote could be enough to just change someone's direction. And sometimes we fail to realize how one decision can cause us to have such a completely different life, both positively and negatively. And I hope this book just helps stir people in a more positive direction. Well, I can't imagine otherwise because I feel that it is so filled with positive messages and encouragement. And this time with you this morning, Raven Magwood, has been that so much and more. And I so appreciate who you are and what you're doing and taking time with us this morning. And I appreciate you, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I truly, truly, truly enjoyed this conversation. And I as well. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Raven Magwood and Sunday Morning Magazine with Patty Pavletti. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, Find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the on-air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. 
I now wish you and your family a day of choice, knowing we can choose how to be, how to react. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.